This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Our goal at Everyday Tech is to keep your technology not only working, but working for you. I'm the host, Abram Nanny, and you can join me and my friends Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Or search Everyday Tech on your favorite podcasting app or download the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Lacey Alexander here with licensed contractor Jeff Salmons from Houseworks and Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. Today on the program, we want to take advantage of this pleasant spring weather and talk about curb appeal. From rejuvenating your front porch to adding eye-catching windows, we have just the advice to create a lovely first impression. Let's see if we can't fix up that front porch, maybe even install some new windows, and make your curb appeal even even better than before. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How has y'all's weeks been? Give me some highlights. <laughs> mine, mine's better than Pam's. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you that much. You know, on most days, I love the sound of a drill. Sure. I really do. <clears throat> sure. Except when it's going except, through except, my tooth. Except Ooh. when it's in your mouth. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Yeah, I had some dental issues that kind of sidelined me for just a little bit. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and you know, I I don't know. The procedure's not nearly as bad as the remedy, which is, you know, they give me uh, a uh, an antibiotic, and my system went, I don't want that. Mm. So, yeah, I spent some time uh, getting rid of that out of my body. <laughs> yeah, so Pam, Pam is not, if you... Thoughts and prayers for Pam. Man. Yeah, she's not doing too. It hot. was a it was a rough couple of days, and of course, it only gets bad on Friday night. <laughs> so nobody's working on the weekends, you know. Yeah. And then I was in Tupelo, mm. went up to do some inspecting up there, and uh, anyway, the ride home was not pleasant. Mm. I, I spent a lot of time, and I'm just kind of a sissy. So I'm, I sat up in my bed Friday night when that front came through and that pressure changed mm. and my tooth started hurting. I sat out and I sat up and I just started crying. Mm. Pam. <laughs> I was just, oh, this was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to this awesome breakfast place. I don't know what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, everybody says this is a great breakfast place. And it just didn't enter my mind that, that, eating, eat <laughs> that I couldn't eat it. So I ordered some beignets, oh. you know, because I was like, oh, this will be great. Bless well, your heart. I ended up, I, w- I cut the beignets up into tiny little squares. <laughs> oh, boy. And then I'd stick a square in my mouth. <laughs> and then I'd take a swig of coffee. And then I'd turn my head so that it would soak that beignet. <laughs> Pam Pibus. Uh, I know. Yeah, it was... I, I'm just whatever then. I'm, I'm feeling bad. <laughs> so. I just wanted the Cliff Note version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. So, no, know. Pam. I, you, you know, don't listen to Jeff. I appreciate you taking us on this journey. I'm oh, yeah, it again. was it was a little crazy. Well, uh, the day before I went out of town, Jeff sent me on a on a uh, yeah. somewhat of an adventure, and I wanted to talk about it just a second. Um, one of the things that I saw in this disaster was that's the, an understatement yeah um you know folks whenever you think about getting new air conditioning and heating systems in your home you can get the best in the world but if they aren't installed right you're going to have problems mm. and in this particular situation they had gone these new furnaces they call it a two-phase and that what they call it Jeff two-phase furnace I think so where they're extremely efficient 
So when they're burning the gas, there's a tremendous amount of water that Mm. they have to expel because they're so efficient. So they don't use a metal flue to get that out. They use PVC, believe it or not. And if the PVC isn't installed right, because what it'll do is that the PVC is on top of the furnace. So if you go open your door, get up in your attic, and you look at your furnace, and you've got PVC, a white PVC plastic coming out of your furnace, that means it's a two-phase furnace, all right? Mm -hmm. If that two-phase furnace flue is actually connected to a drain, because you got to drain the water out of there. And what I ran into on Thursday was that the two-phase furnace PVC flue had been installed into a metal flue with tape. Oh, mercy. (laughs) And so all that water was pouring right back into that system. And it pretty much... Now, think about this. This is what I told Jeff was so interesting, is that when you burn gas, you get two things. You get water... And you get carbon monoxide. Mm -hmm. So if you're not expelling the water, I bet you're not expelling the carbon monoxide. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And carbon monoxide poisoning in the South, uh, you don't we don't read a lot about deaths from carbon monoxide. I mean, we'll we'll read about it up north. It'll happen up north because they're using their furnaces more. But carbon monoxide poisoning mimics the flu symptoms. So you get a headache, you get nauseous, you get lethargic, you don't want to do anything, and you'll be sick while you're in your house because there's carbon monoxide right. there. Exactly. And then you'll get up and you'll say, oh, I gotta go to the grocery store and get me something. And you go to the grocery store and you feel fine. And you're like, oh, I'm better. And then you go back to your house and you're lethargic and you feel nauseated. Oh, that man. That could be signs of carbon monoxide poisoning. So please, please, folks, listener, all our listeners, please get one of the carbon monoxide alarms in your house. Yes. Jeez, and, and you can get there. You can get them dual, yeah. you know, the smoke very and the carbon. That's yeah. right. They're very That's inexpensive. Right. So anyway, that was the – there was a lot more going on at that house, but that was the one that shocked yeah. me the most, yeah. really. Well, uh, I'm glad we're getting that behind us. Mm-hmm. So this attempt to be more sufficient ended up being the downfall of the home, basically. Well, it just wasn't installed right. And I'll yeah. see it all the time. Folks will get new things put in, and they pay folks a lot of money to put mm-hmm. it in. And then if it isn't installed right, I had a two-phase furnace out at the reservoir. Uh, what is the name of those those things? Um, there's a jetty that goes out. The breakers. And this was back during the foreclosure market. One of them was going into foreclosure. This was back in 2008 or nine. Somebody had put in a two-phase furnace in the attic. And those, those units out there are three or four stories high. Like you go in the garage and you go up some steps and then you go up more steps and then you go up more steps and then you go up into the attic. Mm-hmm. And the entire thing had co- the ceiling had collapsed all the mm-hmm. way down to the first floor. Oh, my god! And I got up there, and it's because they had put in a two-phase furnace and not connected the drain. And so every time they turned on their heater, they were draining water into the ceiling, and eventually it went, I don't... I'm, yeah, can't hold it. Yeah, I'm not going to be here anymore. Oh, I'm going to go to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live in a tent. This is just too complicated. I tell you what, we've already got a caller on the line. Mantachi, am I saying that right? Mantachi? Man- Manchak? Manta- Manatachi? 
Manitachi? What state? Louisiana. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Probably Manchac. <laughs> Tom from Manitachi is on the line. He's Tom. got a question about mobile home heating and air conditioning. Tom, what's going on this morning? Well, first off, it's Manitachi, Mississippi. Manitachi, okay. Mississippi. Where, where is that? Um, we're halfway between Tupelo and Fulton. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, that was where I was last week. So we're 20 miles from uh, from uh, Tupelo and 20 miles from Fulton. All right. Geography lesson from Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. What's yeah, going on okay. this morning, man? I, I have uh, an air conditioning question and a heating question. Um, I've purchased a mobile home, and uh, it's uh, 16 by 80. And they have redone all the floors, and when they did, they put, uh, you know, they, they covered up all the air conditioning vents that were on the floor. And there are no air conditioning units in the place. They were going to put a couple units in the window. I don't think that's going to work. So I've seen these units that they're heating and cooling, you know, heat, heating and air conditioning. You basically, you know, put it, the unit sits on the outside of the wall, and it, it's a heating and air conditioning unit, and then they just, you know, it just has a, oh, I don't know, it's probably three feet long and maybe a foot and a half wide. Right. And, you you know, you can put them on the, the unit, and I've seen them on buildings and stuff, and they're fairly inexpensive. They're about $650 per unit, and I'm thinking about three units would be able to do this place. Do you have any insights on what I should do? Because I know if I go with putting a heating system in it, I'm also going to have to put, like, central air in, and we're talking, like, triple money. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, I was started, with you until yeah, you said yeah, six fifty. <laughs> yeah, because you started describing a mini, mini split, split and, a heat pump uh, mini split. Yeah, and th- those are uh, those are those those are not cheap. Um, I, you know, I, I would I, I would go back with central heat and air. I mean, that's what you need. Um, I, a mini split is a is a great alternative for a bonus room. Uh, if you have a well, just one big room, I'm I'm a, I'm in favor of a mini split. Uh, but with multiple rooms, uh, I'm I'm going back with central heat and air. Yeah. Oh, okay. Your um, mini because, split. You know, you'll have to have a, you know, you'll have a you'll have to have a central air unit on the outside with a condenser and everything. Right. And then I'll have to put a, a complete heating system in it. You know, like mobile. Right. Have. Right. Sure. Yeah, but I, but yeah, I think absolutely. the most inexpensive way to do it would be to go with that. You know, the split unit is what you're calling it. And even if I have to put four of them in, you know, the the uh, the big area is the kitchen, the living room, and the dining room. It's it's got a vaulted ceiling and it's all open. So I think I could put one unit for there, and then it's got uh, three bedrooms. And even if I have to put one unit in each bedroom, you know, we're looking at twenty six hundred dollars total. You know, compared to putting in a, you know, $3,000 air conditioning unit and then buying a, you know, $2,500 heating unit. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the $600 mini split. I'm really not. Yeah, me either. I I, I didn't even think you can get a window unit for that. Yeah, I understand, you know, but no, they're they're $650 a piece. Wow. And, uh, you know, for $2,600, I could have the place heated and cooled that way. So I was just, but if you don't have any experience with those particular units, I I've really seen them don't. On like you know, yeah. shops and you know, body shops and and other buildings. I got you. You know, one of the so things. Figured, you know, yeah, one of the things I've seen, Tom. Now we're talking residential. You know, that's what 
Jeff and I are familiar right. with. And on a residential mini split, you're looking at about 3000 a piece. And that's for your condenser Ouch. on the outside and your mini split on the inside. Um, the only and, and what right. I have seen and something that I saw recently that I thought was pretty cool is that they had one mini split and then they ducted off of the supply on the inside into smaller rooms. And I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know that that would work in a trailer because you're going to have to go underneath to put your supply lines in. So right. w- with a price like that, I would just be really careful. Yeah, me too. Um, because I'm not sure it's going to do what you want it to do. Um and I could be right. wrong. I mean, I'm I'm open to you calling me back in six months and telling me that it's awesome. But I always question a, a really low price on something I have experience with that's really a lot higher. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, I like the way you put that. Well, I mean, I, you know, I buy them every day. We we put central heat and air in houses every single day, and uh, that the, the the price point bothers me a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how right. efficient. That would be, it might be great for a shop or a commercial application, but to put that in a residential situation, I'm not sure. I would, I would really, if it were me and I was looking at that, I would check my specifications, and then I would probably even talk to people who've put them in. And it sounds like you might have some experience with that. Just say, what's been your experience with this, and do, will it work? And then whoever your right. installer is, ask them, you know. All right. Well, you guys have always got fantastic suggestions, and uh, I appreciate your time and help, and uh, you have yourself a wonderful day. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Call us back and let us know how you go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Tom and Man Tatchy. All right. All right. Well, we got one call out of the way. We helped somebody, didn't we? Well, and, I don't know if we helped or not. We, and we just, didn't even <laughs> we didn't even talk about root canals. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. Speaking it's of easier than a root canal. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Speaking of splits, how about we split? How about Let's, we take us a little break uh, this morning? It's time for us to go ahead and do that. Take our first break of the hour. When we come back, we'll continue talking about DIY springtime projects, curb appeal, and we'll even talk a little bit about working in the heat that is coming up in the next few days so if you missed any of today's program you can always subscribe to the podcast using any podcast app or the mpb public media app um heads up you want to join the conversation this morning give us a call one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. now thank goodness it is starting to heat up during the day. Now, it's still a little chilly in the mornings. Pam and I were just talking about that. And it's still a little chilly in the afternoons. But hopefully the heat will keep coming. Uh, what tips do you two have on working in the heat? Well, you know, it ain't going to get hot, hot for several months no. now. But no. it, it is awesome. To get, I got out uh, yesterday when I got in and um, took the cover off my pool. So I'm going to start kind of working on the water with that and trying to get that cleaned up. Uh-oh. I think I might have missed the weed and feed. Um, the weeds are already coming up, but I'm going to go ahead and put some stuff out this weekend. I would. Like, it's it's time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you never know in Mississippi. No, I mean, you better put your chlorine tabs in there now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm working on it. It's a whole thing getting a pool open back mm, up. So. It, it, my granddaddy had a pool, and it was a family affair taking that cover off because yeah. it had to be weighted, and then you had to get the water levels right back after you took the cup. Good Lord. The whole neighborhood came over to help. 
help him take that stupid That's cover awesome. off. I should hit up my neighbors. Okay? <laughs> yeah, all right, your pickleball friends. I mean, uh, yeah, all my pickleball buddies. No, <laughs> we, um, you know, now's the time whenever I want to do yard work mm-hmm. and do all the stuff outside. Right. You know, I'm going to look around and if there's any rotten wood, it's when, like I've had some stuff on my roof up on the backside of my porch that I've been looking at all through this nasty weather, knowing that I needed to get up there. But I thought, you know, I just don't want to do it whenever it's so so yucky outside. Sure, cloudy, cold, yeah, rainy. Yeah, yeah. What's it, so Pam's working on her pool. What are some warming up tasks you're getting up to, Jeff? What when it gets warm outside? What's your first like? Let me go ahead and get this done. Oh gosh, I guess the pool. Yeah. 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 Just, get the get the pool going. Uh, I got some mulch, uh, and some the, and mulch. The boat, a little bit of gardening, you know, pool and boat. Yeah, and the yeah. boat. And That's the my boat. life. That's yeah. my life. Yeah, Jeff's gonna go fishing if it gets that, much warmer. That and housing America. Yeah, and housing everybody. Yeah, building those houses. Yes. Things are looking good on the. You know, I mean, I'm busy. Things I'm real are, busy. Thing, I'm a, yes, things are. Interest rates have dropped a little, uh, but I think more than that, I think consumer confidence is strong it is i think people feel good about the economy and that and that and that makes a big difference it really does and i'm getting a lot of a lot of my work is for homeowners you know i go in and and try to you know jeff and i kind of work together on some of that where i'll go in and evaluate properties for people and then give them a list this is what you need to do first and while you're doing this why don't you do this Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of what uh my work and then you know we were laughing this morning um believe it or not it's a thing a divorce inspection (laughs) it's a thing (laughs) when what's the most common time of the year for divorce inspection yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Because that's the biggest asset usually in a marriage. It seems like it should be around the holiday seasons. Yeah, well, it's right after the holiday right. when they've been spending all that time they've together. Had like, I'm, the last, I am done. The, the, the deadline day is February 14th. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. If you, if you right. ain't got it together by Valentine's Day, you better give yeah. something. You better. Right. Well, I tell you, whenever they really picked up was after, the, after COVID. Mm. <laughs> when we were all shut down together, you know. Yeah, I cannot take this anymore. anymore. <laughs> I am so done. I was telling Lacey y'all should have an episode prepping your home for divorce. For divorce. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Pam, well, what goes into a divorce inspection? Well, when they're normally what they're wanting is an assessment of the condition. Sure. You know, an appraiser can come in and give you value, but that value may not cover any expenses of trying to get it back to where it's livable. That's the big question. Livable or sellable. Or sellable, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's where a home inspection comes in, and I'm giving you, you know, the shower pan is leaking. It's going to have to be replaced. Price on that. Right. You know. And, and I don't usually try to do the pricing. I give I leave that over to Jeff. But that's usually expensive. I mean, you're looking anywhere between forty five hundred to sixteen thousand. I mean, depending on the type of tile that's right that you're going to put in. Well, your appraisal could be let's say your appraisal is four fifty nine, uh, four fifty. Let's just say four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, if you're going to have to replace the shower, though, you need to subtract that. <laughs> Or replace the shower. Yeah, to to replace the shower. So it's a, 
that's that's usually what they're looking for. They want to know the condition of the property so that whenever they get ready to either divide that asset and sell it, what they're looking at, or if one person's going to take the house, what they're going to have to look at as far as repairs go. Mm. Just don't cut everything in half. Yeah, Do not right. take a chainsaw and cut everything. You cannot cut right the baby the in half. Do, or, just, or the sofa. You can't cut the you sofa in half. You can't cut the sofa in half. So it's a it's a thing. And, um, you know, and I, I hate it for everybody. I've been through one of those. They're not fun. Um, and, and we basically had to do the very same thing mm. you know so people come at you pam already you know ready to divorce and then you give them all this news and then they're like even worse well i don't have to deal with them after that and I, <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper to keep them yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know and let me say this I, dealing with a divorce inspection is less drama than dealing with a real estate transaction no. <laughs> really? It, yeah. it is, because you want to talk about stressful. Mm, mm-hmm. When people, you know, they'll hire me to come in to do a home inspection, well, then it's going to make somebody mad. Of course. Not you, though. Yeah. Usually the owner gets really angry around You know what, it. Pam? I'm, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. Y- years ago, when we, when we opened Houseworks, um, you know, obviously we were trying to find where we would fit in and so i said well why don't we do home inspection repairs they're 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 everywhere everyone needs something and and in 20 plus years i have never done a home inspection repair and made both parties happy yeah right and it's horrible yeah because here here's the verbiage you get from the from the uh, seller uh, that's selling, you know, they're 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 paying for it because the buyer wants it done. Well, the seller says, "Well, it was like that when I bought it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I'm here to fix it. Yeah, I'm not here to counsel you. Yeah, and then and then oh. the seller, oh. I mean, the buyer is is <laughs> is upset if you don't do everything, and the sellers you're not doing everything it's a i, I won't even do them yeah it's a it's, mess it's a drama fest it that, really is I, i'm saying divorce inspections are easier than real estate transactions yes. let you know on the front end that they're getting a divorce inspection you just like walk into it blindly jeff yeah <laughs> well yeah, jeff's like wait a minute no, this is looking I, like a divorce uh, yeah I, I i don't even i don't go down that road i am here to to repair it's yeah. all i'm doing yeah and i'm here to inspect that's right I'm here to tell you what the issues want, are. I don't want to hear about your grandkids and your marriage. <laughs> Y'all are nicer than me. That would be in my pre-assignment questionnaire. I'd be like, what are you going through that's going to tick me off if I come do this job? <laughs> well, you know, and I think one of the reasons that I have been so successful in doing those is because I'm female. Really? And so women will trust me to come in, and, and I, I don't try to talk over everybody's head. You know, I, I, I there's really, probably yeah, there's there's probably some good thought in that. Yeah, there's some communication that has to happen, and to be realistic, and that's uh, over the twenty something years that I've been doing this, uh, that has been the thing that I prided myself in the most is that I'm willing to communicate and talk and listen, and so mm. you know, and help. 
Yeah, inspect it like a girl, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, people will say, well, I don't even know who my inspector was. And I say, it's because they didn't inspect it like a girl. That's right. Come on, <laughs> Pam. About to have church in here. Now, we're, we're talking about how we can't make everybody happy, but I'll tell you what will make everybody happy. Mark your calendars for the home show coming to the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl, Mississippi, Saturday, March 2nd, and Sunday, March 3rd. The event is from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Both days, we'll be doing a live show Saturday morning at 9 before the event starts, Pam and Jeff, those of us that have never been to a home show, Lacey Alexander included, what should you expect at the home show at the Clyde Muse Center this year? Um, you should expect a wonderful time. Okay. I mean, we're gonna have we're gonna have food. We're gonna have all the latest and greatest. Uh, and we're going to have all the traditional. I need some brick for my house. Mm. All the brick suppliers will be there. I need. I'm thinking about coating my garage floor with epoxy. Okay. Epoxy will be there. Uh, you, you'll have cabinet people, granite people. It's it's a thing that that if you uh, are building, thinking about building, remodeling, thinking about remodeling, you can go to one spot and see everything. Instead of driving around for, you know, two weeks trying to go see everything. Yeah. Yeah, it really no. is awesome. You know, and you mentioned this. I had a, I had a brand new construction that I did last week up in Madison County, and it was the most beautiful house that I have. I mean, it was just absolutely stunning. And something that they did, Jeff, and I don't know if you've done this in your house or not, they did epoxy on their concrete floors on the inside. Yeah. And it it looked like you were walking on a cloud. That's Aww. right. Yeah. It was yeah. it was awesome. I was like, "Wow, this!" It just gave the room a nice airy. I'd sure. never seen that before. Yep. Yep. It's probably yeah. easier to clean up too. Well, if you it's know, just one flat surface. Yeah, I don't know, and I wonder Maybe. will it get slippery? I, you know, Maybe. I don't think so. But um, it was the coolest to, thing ever. To me, <laughs> it, it wouldn't fit my my lifestyle. But um, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't mind having a room or two. Yeah, I mean yeah. that would be cool to do like in a bathroom or something. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. I just I, I had a I had a renter that I was renting from who had done something of that nature, but it just made my living room floor hard feeling. Right. Like I missed some of the padding that would be under like a hardwood or under a carpet. That that's the only thing. Yeah, I mean you are walking around on concrete. Yeah, yeah. that is a thing. So yeah. But a lot of a lot of folks are doing that now because oh, yeah. because it's, it's so much easier to clean it. <laughs> Well, well, it and, sounds and like too, a good dog-proof you know, if, floor. If you're yeah. on a if yeah. you're on a tight budget, you know, sometimes that might that might help a little. Wonder what it costs to do something like that, Jeff? Do you know? I, you know, I'm I'm guessing a couple bucks a foot, probably. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, we could find out this weekend at the home and show. We sure could. And that is how you bring it around, Pam. <laughs> but it's not this weekend. It's, it's the next, next weekend. weekend. Next the first weekend, weekend in March. Yeah. See, yes. see, Pam, nobody does a full circle moment better than Pam Pibus. <laughs> i tell you what, how about we open our mailbag, get into some emails. Uh, this is from Robert. He says, good morning. He has a few questions about moisture barriers. He installed a moisture barrier under his house, con- conventional foundation 
Foundation, one of the best projects he's done for moisture control. 15 years of possums and termites under the house. He wants to redo the barrier in a more professional way. Can he put the new polyethylene over the top or should he remove it? Is there any concerns you two have running the plastic up the openings on the side of the house? And then the last part of the question is, will that cause a lack of airflow under the house? So basically just a plethora of advice you have about um, some moisture barriers that he wants to redo and make a little bit better. Uh, He says he enjoys the program and so does his daughter in Austin, Texas. So thank you, Robert. Oh, nice. Thanks, Robert. What's the mill you're supposed to use, Jeff, underneath? Is it eight? Or? You know, that that is just out of my wheelhouse. I, I, I do not know a lot about conventional foundations. You want to use a thick mill on it. If you get the cheap stuff, it's just not going to last. He can put it right down on top of what's already there. Should be fine. Do not cover the openings. If If he has had an experience where it has solved the problem of, you know, a lot of the moisture by putting that down... Don't cover up what is the source of your solution. So leave those. Yeah, leave, <clears throat> leave those. some airspace. Yeah. You can go up and, the sides, but don't cover right. the vents in the, in the walls. So. And keep it dry. Yeah. That, that's, it, it's, I'll take a conventional or slab on grade. Both of those shed the water. Right. So, and again, rule of thumb, 10 feet out, uh, six, six inches of fall and 10 feet. Right. Yeah, so, you know, crawl space, and we talk about this on the show uh, quite a bit, actually. You know, there's such a, a weird little animal. They're awesome up north. But what happened down here is that we, we were building according to codes and building practices as more and more folks came south. Well, the problem with a conventional foundation here in the south is that our dew point is high and our water table is high. So if we introduce water underneath the house, even air conditioning vents. So one of the things that Robert didn't tell me is if he has his AC ducting in the crawl space. Mm. If you've got AC ducting in your crawl space, you are introducing water into your crawl space every time you turn that unit on. Because what happens, what happens is that when you put cold air into a warm, moist environment, that sweat occurs, and that's water. Okay. Okay. It's going to happen. I don't care if they are sealed up <coughs> just unbelievably well. You're still going to create. I've crawled under houses. I got one tomorrow, but I've crawled under houses where the ductwork is, it looks like there's just water droplets all over it. And that's because of that situation. So, in that situation, you only, you've got two things you can do. One is you can completely seal up the crawl space, $25,000. Or you can create ventilation underneath the house and look at what your water table is and how dry it is so that you can dry everything out. I would look at putting in some type of a thermostatic fan at one end that is drawing the air through there and can keep those ducts dry. All right. But, I mean, it's it's not a – it's like going to the doctor, folks. Everybody's different. That doctor yeah. may tell Jeff something totally different than that doctor tells me because we have totally different bodies, totally different experiences, totally different history. Well, houses are the same way. Sure. There is not one fix for all of them. You have to go, and, and this is why people with crawl spaces, I actually recommend you get those son of a guns inspected every two or three years. Really? Yeah, because you can have, like, I, you know, this house that, that we're talking about, the divorce inspection. 
I got in there and crawled all the way to the other end. I don't think I told you this, Jeff, but the floor was rotten under the kitchen. Hmm. And I knew whenever I walked in that there were cracks all in the tile. I was like, something's going on under oh, here. On the one, on the one yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, uh-huh. And I crawled wow. all the way back up underneath there, and the sill plate, now the sill plate is what your walls rest on. Sure. was rotten. Mm. Mm. Wow. Because that's where the plumbing was. The plumbing wow. had been leaking, and it caused all this wood rot. So, you know, I mean, it had probably been going on for years. Wow. Well, Robert, we hope we helped you out. Yeah, Robert, put the plastic down. Don't cover your vents, and you'll be fine. And you'll be all right. And good for you for uh, taking the initiative to go ahead and do that after what you said was 15 years of possums and termites. Yeah, I need. Robert reminded me I need to do it under my house, too. There I had mine go. put in, you know, and every time I crawl down there, it just shreds. So it's it's time to put some new down. All right, Robert, if you have any follow-up questions, go ahead and send us another email. Bill in Ridgeland is on the phone line. He has been waiting patiently. He has a question about whether it's advised to insulate the inside of a roof attic. Bill, you are on the air. Tell us what you've got going on. Yeah, I saw some show on TV where it showed the attic of a house and it had this white insulation, not blown on, but uh, like bag insulation on the inside of the roof. Um, not on the floor of the attic, but on the roof of right, the attic. Right, right. I was wondering if that's advisable to do, if that would benefit um, your uh, electricity costs or heating costs or AC costs. <clears throat> well, I'm not a believer in it. Um, um, Doug Rye, uh, I say this all the time, he, he, he was a believer in insulating the entire envelope. But he was using spray foam. He wasn't That's using right. that, those That's right. white bats that they're talking about. That's right. There. He, he, he was spray foaming everything. So, in a sense, your attic is the same temperature as your living space. Um, That's the theory. Yeah. It's, you know, in, in 20 plus years, I've been involved in two or three of those. Uh, in order to do that, you your uh, heat and air system has to be upgraded. Uh, you Water have to, heaters have to be upgraded. You have to bring in fresh air into the home. It can get quite expensive real quick. My my feeling is go high efficiency water heaters, high efficiency furnaces, insulate the ceiling, and um, uh, just insulate the the living envelope, not the entire uh, uh, roof system. I got you, but I, I don't think they were doing it to, to, you know, make it livable. I was just wondering if they were doing it just for uh, insulation. Well, no, sir. I, 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 you may have misunderstood me. No, he, Doug Rye didn't do it to make it livable. It just happened to be the byproduct of when you insulate the entire envelope. Yeah, and you're talking he didn't run, about— He didn't run heat and air up there. Bill, you're talking about these— um, they're, it's like a bat insulation, right? And they're white, and you can roll yeah. them out? Yeah. Okay. The problem that I have with that is that what we're dealing with on a roof is thermal energy. So you've got the sun that is hitting that roof, okay? And it will soak in, and that's why our attics are so hot. When yeah. you try to put a thermal barrier up there, you've created a pocket of air between the thermal barrier and your roof decking that can cause serious problems. 
So I'm I'm just not sure that it would be a good retrofit on something like that. I have seen, and I think Jeff, don't y'all use thermal guard in your houses? Yes. Are you using that? Yes. Where the decking has a aluminum or a metal type sheathing, it's like a foil back. A OSB. foil back, yeah. We call it thermal guard, right, right. and what it does is it theoretically it reflects that thermal energy back up out of the house. If you put in bat insulation in any way underneath that decking, I'm going to tell you right now with our dew point here in the south, it is not going to stay in place. It's all going to fall down. There's just no way to keep it up there. If you try to use any type of adhesive, it's just going to melt. It's just it's just not a good application. For folks up north, maybe yes, but I'm just not sure that that is a good application here. Now, I'm open to learning some more. <laughs> so, there you go. You know, I'm I'm open to learning more about the product that you're talking about, um, but just off the top of my head, I would steer clear. Well, I was just curious. I saw that and never seen that before and was curious about it. So yeah. The, They're coming out. Let me box. tell you, they come out with new stuff all the time. <laughs> and it goes back to uh, what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. You can have new stuff, but if the person putting it in doesn't know how to put it in, you could have a nightmare. And mm. all I could think about whenever you were describing that was a roof leak that you don't know that it's there until the roof falls in because you've trapped yeah. all that water between that thermal barrier and the day <laughs> that's a bad day mm-hmm. that's a bad day when the roof falls in shoot yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad day bill don't you don't want a bad day man <laughs> all right thanks guys all right bill thank you so much you're listening to fix it 101 on mpb think radio i'm lacey alexander here with licensed contractor jeff salmons from houseworks and pam pibus ashy certified inspector at inspect it like a girl we've had a great show today talked about some spring projects talking about getting weather back getting your pool back we've even talked about divorce inspections we've talked about <laughs> pam's root canal, My root canal. <laughs> we've had a really good show today we have covered the spectrum we today. sure have now if you um we've got a few minutes left in our show if you want to join us with your phone call with your questions, go ahead and call one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or if you're just a little too shy, send us an email at fixit one hundred one at mpbonline.org. Let's keep the good vibes going with a few more mailbag questions. Uh, this one I'm really curious about. This is from Don. He says, "Hi gang, I have a Cosmo SLR direct vent gas fireplace made by Heat and Glow, which was installed in two thousand eight. Recently, after about two hours of use, the flame sputters out, but usually relights." Spontaneously, do you have any idea what may be causing this? Thank you in advance for your advice. What is it again? Cosmo SLR direct vent gas fireplace made by Heat and Glow. Okay, and it, the, the 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 fire's going out after about two hours of use. Okay. The flame will sputter, <clears throat> but will usually relight. He says spontaneously. Okay. Okay. Sounds like dust in the orifice. Yeah, that. <clears throat> excuse me, or the thermocouple mm-hmm. is is going bad. Um, you can get a um, the ventless gas logs. What they will do is they literally breathe. So when the gas lights, it's draw. If you go over there, you can literally feel the air on the ground being drawn up into the system, wow. and then it heats it up and pushes it back out the top. If what that does is it pulls all the dirt and dust off your floor and sucks it up into the unit, and that's oh, wow. why those things can get super nasty. I think you should clean them every year. I don't have them. I don't. 
I don't like them particularly. But if you can take that the log assembly apart, clean all the logs off, be sure to take a picture so you stack them back up the right way, <laughs> you can get down to where the thermocouple and the orifice and all this stuff is. You can take – now, wasn't it a guy that called in and he used a wrong can of – Yeah, but he was, he, using, he was using a combustible. Yeah, you just want just, li- liquid just, air. Yeah, you can get it off his depot. Yeah, and just blow it down in there, and you can get the dust off that orifice. It should be pretty – and it, it should work fine. And he said it was – installed in 2008 they last long after oh, yeah, that yeah 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 it's just got nasty oh well okay it's just it's just gunked up it just needs to be cleaned out fun fact my 2008 dad, is further away than i want it to be yeah well <laughs> my father was the same way he, he said he was having a problem with his i let him take a can of air from my house he cleaned it all up and works like a charm gotcha well Oh, Don, we hoped we helped you out there. Uh, Pam's advice is just clean that thing. Yeah, clean that sucker. <laughs> and, es- and especially right around, you can, it's, I don't know that you can actually see this, but there's a little orifice on the backside of where that pilot light is, and that's what gets gunked up. Okay. It draws dust and debris up into that. So you just got to clean that thing off. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, the phones are ringing. Lauren in Hattiesburg is on the line. She has a question about home repair. Go ahead, Lauren. You're on the air. Tell us what's going on today. Hey, thank you. So my husband and I bought a house probably about a year ago, and we have had insulation problems really bad. Um, and he does need to get up there and even out the insulation, maybe add some more. But our biggest concern right now is the windows. And so we have a year and a half year old and we're having another baby in about a week. So we can't really afford to put new windows in, but they're old school windows with like a turn crank at the bottom. So pretty much every window has a a hole in it. And our quick fix for now has been gorilla tape. But I'm wondering what can we do before the summer hits and, you know, leads to $400 electric bills plus what can we do to kind of remedy that or, you know, like seal it up with? I just did an inspection on a house, a very similar situation um, down in the southern part of the state. And uh, those older windows like that, you can actually, if you'll get on YouTube and put in there sealing up old windows, there's a guy on there that I found that showed how to build, and any homeowner could do it, you build a frame and then shrink wrap plastic on it, and it inserts right into the window cavity. Um, and so, so that's a way to do it. The other thing you can do is thermal, uh, thermal curtains. You know, just hang yeah. a, a thermal <clears throat> curtain up. Now, I don't know as far as airflow goes, it, it's not going to really – I use the thermal curtains because I've got old-school single-pane windows in my house. And um, I'm I'm a weirdo. I like them, so I just keep my curtains closed during the winter time, and then during the summer, I've put the thermal, you know, stuff on it so that it reflects all the heat out the the sun rays out of there. Um, and then I'm a super nerd, and I took all the framing off of my windows and foamed up everything on the inside, and then put my frames back up, and that stopped a lot of it right there. Yeah, that's a little more advanced, though, Yeah, to, to do that for the general homeowner. Now, I will caution you, too, if you start putting something over your windows, make sure that you still have egress, meaning if something happens, you can get out 
that that window yeah. safely. Well, this is a shrink wrap plastic, so I mean, you can no, no, no. I'm not saying not to do that. Yeah, I just, you know I don't want them putting some kind of something over that thing where now yeah. now I'm now I'm trapped in the house and I can't and I can't get out. Yeah, yeah. I fall and I can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> So to try getting on YouTube and see if you can't find this guy, it was a pretty simple process. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. I was actually looking at it, thinking about it for myself, because he, he, whenever he did that and he put those things in there, you could still see out the windows. I mean, it was, it was fine. But if you've got any type of DIY, if you can cut your frames off, and which is to me, it wasn't that hard. And I pulled out newspapers from 1958. Yes, you did. That's yeah. right. You sure did. Yeah, and and that was very common back then. Yeah, that they used newspaper in those cavities. I mean, if you think about cellulose insulation, it is ground up it newspaper ground with up a newspaper. with a uh, um, borate with an, an adhesive. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we call it, we don't call it ground up newspaper because I don't think that sells very well. No, but uh, uh, cellulose um, sells better. Yeah, so if you get ready, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Lauren, if you wanted to redo the insulation in your attic, something that you could do, and which I did in my home, is that I had them come in and blow the cellulose down on top of the old insulation. Yeah. And what it does is when they blow it in wet, it packs. And so it just really packs down, and it packed down everything, and I saw a big difference in that. Okay. Well, I've been taking notes on that. We do use the thermal curtains already, like blackout curtains, and it does make a difference as far as temperature in the house. But, you know, if you scoot that curtain over, you can feel the hot air or cold air just running right through the crack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but we'll look into the shrink wrap, shrink wrap plastic. Now, yeah. you, you know, another alter, you could always buy a new house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, she's going to pack up a newborn. And a new baby. Get, a yeah. new baby. This so says the man. Like, yeah. I was going to go well, buy a new one. So the baby can't go outside? Yeah. Uh-huh. I've had a baby before I took it outside. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Lauren, mm-hmm. congrats on the new baby, and we hope we helped you out today. Yeah, yeah. Try that. And also look at, you know, if you can, just get an X-Acto knife and cut the frames off, you know, the trim around your window. There'll be a gap back there, and you, be sure you buy the right foam. If you get the yellow stuff, you have you're going to have a mess. But the pink one is the one that is flexible. So you blow it in there, it expands, and then you can literally push it back up into the cavity and re put your trim back up, and it'll seal those. Okay. It'll seal it up pretty good, actually. Let us know. Thank you so much. And Jeff, you. Jeff told me he's volunteering to come down there and help you pack that baby up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Jeff said, Jeff said uh, that baby uh, can go outside as long as that baby's got a hat on. Yeah, A free baby move if you buy one of my houses. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll transport the baby I for free. I trust Jeff. I trust Jeff yeah. with this baby. Jeff Salmons from Houseworks and Baby Holding. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Baby packing is baby, the thing. You know how much dumb? I went to, I listen, I was driving back through Starville over the weekend, stopped to see a friend of mine. She must change that baby's diaper five times oh, while I was Oh, Lord, there. have mercy. Wow, man, that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Jeff's just toting a baby from point A to yeah, point B. Yeah, I'm not he's changing anything. Yeah, right. yeah, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can barely handle a dog. (laughs) Man, what makes y'all think? Anyway, this has been awesome. This has been a really good show. Um, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our board was ran by the beautiful Jermaine Flood. Our podcast producer is Abram Nanny. For Jeff Salmons, Pam Pibus, I'm Lacey Alexander. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.